This is the Alan and Carly podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, we are literally leaving straight after we finish recording this and going straight on a plane, Carly. Yes, we are. We're heading to Broome uh, a day early uh, thanks to the pilot strike going on across the state. Oh, yeah. That's like the completion to the story because yesterday we revealed in the podcast intro, we got the text and this is what's come of it. Yeah. So essentially after the show, I'll tell you guys kind of the chain of events that unfollowed. Unfollowed? That, that followed, sorry. Unfold. Unfolded. Yep. Okay. We both so, got it wrong. <laughs> and then we got it right. Geez. You can tell it's been a big it's 24 hours. It's pretty hectic, hours. guys. So essentially, like most people, um, we got that text that we said yesterday. We actually, It actually come through during the podcast intro. Uh, so it said, due to planned industrial action, we're offering flexibility to customers between Perth, Broome, Geraldton, Kalgoorlie, Boulder, Caratha, Limon, Parapidu, Port Hedland, Newman, and we don't care about Darwin or Adelaide. No, we don't. So we were kind of a little bit like, hmm, why are they... It, it felt a bit ominous to us. Yeah, it was like, keep an eye on that story. Keep an eye on that story. And then what followed was us going back and forth being like, it sounds like the flight isn't going ahead. Like, why are they asking us to explore other options? Yeah. So it's like, you know, when people start like dropping the breakup hint, like, oh, you know, maybe we should see other people. Well, they don't start with that. They go, oh, it'd be nice to, you know, maybe like, I don't know, fool around and stuff. And you're like, wait a second. Yeah. And then um, we kind of got another... One, basically saying that... Um, they were going to go to another airline? They were going to go to Air Nauru, And I was, you know how I feel about airlines. I'm like, what? What is the safety rating on this yeah. airline? I don't like this. You can't just swap out one airline for another. Um, yes, they can. <laughs> apparently. Or, or, no, they can't, as it would turn out. Because then another text that followed hours later is, it's being canned. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that. That's quite stressful for a lot of people and very disruptive. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to book a day early. Yep. Um, but yeah, very disruptive for a lot of people. It's hard enough flying regionally. Like most places yeah. only have one or two flights out a day. So, you know, if one of those flights gets cancelled, you can, you know, lose a day of travel. And I mean, ours is like for work and for Brew Mardi Gras, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, isn't the biggest, most important reason. Some people could travelling for medical reasons, yeah. for family, you know, like they want to meet their grandkid, whatever the hell it is. Plenty of uh, reasons. And, you know, it just sucks. It you does. Know? And, you know, when, when flights get cancelled for weather conditions and things like totally that. Totally get that. Totally get it, especially as a nervous flyer. But to find out that it's because the airline are just not coming to an agreement and they're infighting, it's we're already paying phenomenal prices in yep. regional for airfares to get stuffed around at the last minute because they cannot get it together and come to a resolution with the pilots. It's just a kick in the guts. You know, people save up all year. I know pinks are in Perth yep. this weekend. There are people that are probably flying down for that. And, you know, people spend money on accommodation. It really stuffs yeah. people around. And for somewhere like Broome, it's not like you get in the car and you, you no. know, pop down to Perth. It's really disruptive and they need to get it together. Yeah, sort your shit out, mm. Qantas. I don't even know you. who's running Qantas anymore. They change every five seconds. There's some yeah. musical chairs over there. <laughs> musical planes. Anna Roo, Qantas. Who am I flying? I don't know. Welcome am back. I getting there? I was going to say, we're going to be talked back radio, but now you've turned into a little bit of a stand-up <laughs> routine. I like it. What's the deal with <laughs> the kangaroo? What's the deal with the, the flying yeah. kangaroo? What Turns you out uh, she hops, not flies, yeah, your eh? Your bloody, your bloody hop to another bloody gig, mate. What's going on? Uh, let's Maybe do... I can get in a pouch and get there. <laughs> let's get alpha bucks for tomorrow. Your letter is H for hotel, starting with the letter H. Jeez, a hotel would be nice. It sure would be. I'm not checking one of those. <laughs> uh, something you plug in. Hair dryer. 
Perfect. Hair straightener, headphones. Yeah. Forgot those. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't have your headphones for the flight, Alan, do you? I, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, we I don't want to talk about it. I'm filthy. Uh, enjoy the podcast, and we will speak to you next from Broom. Alan and Carly, the podcast. Still reminiscing a little bit over the weekend. It was uh, it was a busy one. It was a pro wrestling one. It was everything that I loved. Is like a kid in a candy store, as I've been described by a few people uh, a few times. Carly. It was like your Super Bowl. It really was, and I really got all up it in was it, and my... I loved it. Version of BravoCon. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, it's like a big convention with all the uh, reality TV stars. Oh, but that's my Super Bowl. Nah, just kidding. That sounds like my <laughs> hell. Uh, so I was kind of, you know, getting all amongst it. And lucky enough with media and stuff, I kind of tried to, you know, schmooze a little bit yep. and get to things that normally I wouldn't get to go to. And it was cool. It was cool for the most part. And one of the cool things I got to do is uh, on the Saturday morning before the elimination show uh, at Optus Stadium, I got to go and do this kind of little like, media event for uh, 2K24, WWE, the brand new video game that comes out in March. That's cool. And now I know that from the basketball one. Absolutely. So they make the WWE one as well. So I got to play a little bit of it. I got to check it out. And I also, in that process, got to interview a pro wrestler called Dakota Kai, who's um, a New Zealand-born wrestler. Sounds like someone from Mortal Kombat. Kind of, right? She kind of dresses like that too, if I'm being real. Um, and she's she's such an awesome person. Um, I've got a few mates that know her from back in the days when she used to wrestle on the independence. So I was very keen to have a quick chat with her. While we're having this chat, and it's kind of not the super most professional setup on my end, because I'm like, I don't really need like, you know, anything too serious. It's just a bit of audio and whatnot. We're having this chat, having a bit of a chat, and my mate who's filming and recording at this time gives me this look of like panic. And I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Like maybe I ran out of storage. I don't think I would have. I double checked all that. Oh, maybe I'm like, he wouldn't be able to tell if the audio is not working because he's just, you know, it's the phone, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he kind of looks at me and he's giving me these eyes, like wild eyes. I'm like, oh, okay. So I kind of wrap up the chat. And, you know, it's, it's a fine chat. It's fine. Dakota was really cool about it. Yeah. And he goes, your wife was calling you. Now, Julia knows that I had this WWE thing on. So my brain now with her being pregnant is like, oh, God, what is it? Yeah, like, I definitely. I go straight into panic mode. So I go, oh, Dakota, thanks so much for the chat. My wife just called me. I'm just going to give her a call. She's like, yeah, yeah, do what you got to do, you know. We'll get a photo after this. Yeah, no problem. So while Dakota Kai, WWE superstar, is standing right there, and in the other room people are playing WWE 2K24, I'm bringing up my wife, and I go, Julia, like, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? You called me. You know I've got this big thing going on right now. Like, what's happening? My goodness. She goes, I'm just at the shops, (laughs) and I've noticed that Winston, our cat's cat food, is on special. Does he eat the gravy one or the jelly one? Now, I do this to Russell all the time. Are you serious? All the time. Because what he does for work, and the thing is you need an answer. You don't have time for the Zoom call to finish. So what Russell does is I've now learnt that he has like a meeting at 11 a.m. Yeah. And if I need a quick answer on something, he still answers, but he puts himself on mute. And I go, I know you're in a meeting, but I just need a quick answer. And that's how we do it. And he's always the same because, yeah, same thing the other day, the um, Supercoat dog biscuits on sale, guys, just so you know, $24 for a seven kilo bag. Normally they're way more expensive. So I needed to know, do I buy two? No. Why they're on special? No. no, That was an 11 a.m. call. So I'm with Julia on this one. No. And so I literally- You need a quick answer. I gave her a quick answer. This is being a husband. You've got to constantly, if you want the role, you've got to answer questions. Oh, I gave her a very quick, stern answer. And, uh, and 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 then she went on with her day. She knew what she needed to do, so and then we're good. Hung up after the you know the answer, yeah. which by the way she needed to get the gravy one because we get the jelly from somewhere See, else. See there you go. There was a resolution. Um, and I looked over at Dakota Kai, who was laughing. <laughs> she goes, "Did she ring you up about cat food?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. She goes, 
cool. <laughs> and that's where I lost all the cred that I had made up with this pro wrestler. And Helen, you never had cred. I had a little bit of cred. You didn't. I had. I'd lied a lot. <laughs> Did you beat her in the video game? No. (laughs) Alan and Carly, the podcast. This is something that might seem like it's come out of nowhere for a lot of people, but it's certainly captured the nation's attention today. Uh, So essentially dozens of Australian companies uh, have come out, uh, have been exposed, I guess, as having gender pay gaps of more than 50%, uh, according to landmark data released for the first time uh, by the government's workplace gender uh, equality agency. Now, what's so huge about this is that this is the first time in Australian history where companies uh, have had to really be transparent about what they're paying their people. Yeah. And you know what? I think a lot of them probably wish that they didn't have to be a part of this. They they were forced by the government under new le- legislation that they had to actually divulge this. And it is not great at no. all. Um, so basically, what is what it has exposed that nationally the gender pay gap sits at nineteen percent, meaning that over the course of a year, that a woman on average is paid over eighteen thousand dollars less than what a man is paid. Now. My mind goes to single mothers straight away. I think, geez, the difference in lifestyle $18,000 a year would make. And I think they like to break it down to, you know, 50 cents to the dollar and things like that. But when you look at $18,000, that that's a big number and a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, so they've called out some of the bigger companies. Uh, some of uh, the worst gender gaps were exposed in the big four banks. Um, and, um, Which there's no reason for, I mean, there's no reason for it anyway, well, but what's going on with these banks? There actually doing? is. So it's interesting because Jetstar and Qantas, as well as Virgin were also exposed yeah. with pretty bad gender pay gaps. Yeah. Now listen to kind of what, uh, Qantas had in their defense, which I thought was very telling. So they said, this does not mean women are paid less than men to do the same jobs, which by the way is illegal. Yeah, yeah, so if that. you've got a man and a woman in your workplace and they're doing the exact same work and the woman is being paid less, that is actually illegal. Uh, So uh, to do the same jobs at Qantas and Jetstar. But it shows that there is a significant underrepresentation of women in highly paid roles like pilots and engineers across airlines globally. So this speaks to, I guess a bigger underlying problem that these companies have. And it is not an overnight solution. Um, And another thing that plays into this is that women have to take time out of the workforce to either raise children or care for elderly relatives. Now, there are stats around what that does to a woman's career. And, you know, the domestic labour that women take on is not always compensated for, especially financially, which leads to bigger problems. I mean, at the moment, uh, the the fastest growing number of uh, homelessness is women over 50 who raise kids and didn't earn superannuation and then find themselves in a very vulnerable situation. So I guess... One thing to come out of this is that companies now have to be transparent about how they're treating their workers. I hope today that these companies really look at how they ended up here. And it's a very complex issue. But as I've said before, 
it speaks to women not being at the table and being heard and elevated into these positions of power as they should be. You know, you see most companies are headed by a male CEO that sit on a board of mostly males. You know, it is so rare for it to have a 50-50 split for these big companies. And you have to ask yourself why and what are they doing to make it so hard for women to get there? Why are they not making it easier for us to attract the pay packets that men are? Why are women the ones that are taking on the domestic labour? So, you know, it goes to to so many complex places, but I think it is now up to these individual companies to make it easier for us women and, and to, to bridge the gap. And I think we've got to hold them accountable as well. Hold them accountable. Um, another thing to come out of this that I think is actually a positive piece of news is they did this in 2017 in the UK. So we're a bit behind the times here, but they made all uh, the big businesses over there actually do the same thing. And it did um, actually have positive results because the UK responded just like how Australians are responding today. And that was with outrage and companies did have to divulge um, where they sit when it comes to their gender pay gap. And today, if you're heading to work, you have every right to ask your boss where your company sits, you know, if it's a publicly traded company. In fact, today they're encouraging workers to ask these questions. And, you know, I think this will create meaningful change. Um, I think if we look at individual businesses, then we can move forward and we can start paying people, women in particular, what they're worth and giving them a seat at the table. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Alan and Carly, the podcast. Talking weird pregnancy cravings. Are those kind of odd ones? Your brain's kind of playing tricks on you. My wife at the moment, gone off M&M's. Crispy, peanut, doesn't matter. I love that, like, rather than a, um, you know, pregnancy craving, you're more shocked that she's gone off M&M's. Well, it's mainly because that's kind of always been a go-to, like, yeah. yeah. And I bought some for her, like, you know, this will cheer you up. And she was yeah. like, oh, this tastes weird. I'm like, oh, maybe the pack's off. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. But it makes sense, I guess, when you've got that many changes to your body that maybe there might be some changes to the taste buds. Absolutely. And she's gone on fruit. Like, we have to have fruit in the house at oh all times. Oh, my God. Times. No to M&Ms and yes to fruit. But she, Jeez. like, all the fruits. Like, know, just, like, doing plums, it right. peaches. Like, I am... I'm going to be financially ruined by the end of this pregnancy. <laughs> I, will this never, I will never financially recover <laughs> from oh, this Well, you're just purchases. lucky she's not on grapes. Have you seen the price of those oh, no, recently? She's on them too. Don't oh, worry about no. that. Don't you worry Jeez. about pineapple. This baby isn't going to uni, is it? Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> lucky if it went to TAFE at this point. Uh, now, we're opening it up. Weird pregnancy cravings. Let's start with Rayanne in Northern Cheers. Hello, Rayanne. Oh, oh. No. No. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll she's to, giving birth. We don't maybe. know. Maybe. Luca in Bunbury. Hello. Hi. Hi. What was your weird pregnancy craving? Okay. So my friend had um, chalk chip cookies with pickles on top of them. Interesting. Now, I love anything pickled. I'm actually here for this because I get the sweet and the bit of savory. I actually, did you try it yourself? Um, no, I haven't, no. not yet. But wouldn't it make it soggy and gross? <laughs> well, you'd want to wring oh, out the pickle first. You know, sometimes you wring the pickle out. <laughs> you just want yeah. a dry pickle. Does she eat this in front of you, Luca, by any chance? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that just, yeah, that's in that. Yeah, no from you. Yeah, I agree. I, that's a weird, I don't I, know if I'm I like it. Uh, let's go to Diane in Capel. Uh, what was the weird pregnancy craving? Uh, mine was Vegemite cheese and mayonnaise sandwiches. You lost me at the mayo. Interesting. Uh, you lost me at the mayo. Now, what made you add mayo, Diane? Obviously, the baby. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, just tasted good at the time. Yeah. Now, funny you say at the time because after you pushed that baby out, were you able to eat another one? Um, I actually, I don't think I've actually ever tried it again. <laughs> wow. You're probably too busy now. Run off your feet. Yeah, for mayonnaise oh, and vegemite sandwiches. Yeah, wow, that's that's crazy. Uh, let's go see if Rayanne's still there. Rayanne from Northern, hello. Hi. Hey, what was the weird pregnancy craving? <laughs> Um, I had, um, I discovered I was pregnant because of it. Um, it was ham, cheese and pickles spread in a sandwich with popcorn in it. And that's how you discovered you're pregnant because you're like, this is a weird choice. Yeah, that's more accurate than a test. Now, Now, you've just piqued my interest. What's pickles spread? Pickles spread. It's like a, I don't know, it's a jar of pickles spread. Yeah, like a chutney. Okay. And then with my last child, I, I, I used to eat a jar of olives and a jar of pickles, dill cucumbers, every night. Wow. My goodness gracious me. That is. That's, that's a, delicious. That's a lot of vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's very. I tell you what, but I don't just say no to that combination, but pickle spread, popcorn. I like the salty. Yeah. And the, yeah, I think that would work well. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Bianca to wrap us up. Uh, talk us through those weird pregnancy cravings. Um, mine's not overly weird, but I, mine was popcorn from the cinema. Oh, it had to be like that <laughs> classic fake I yellow butter yeah. popcorn. Yeah, now, I love that butter. I can imagine Bianca at like two in the morning when that craving's striking, <laughs> that hopefully you had a very understanding partner. Yeah, I was like, told my husband not to come home from work unless you dropped in at the cinema and bought popcorn home. And paying <laughs> cinema that. prices. And cinema prices. Again, another kid that's not going to university. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not, Bianca. That is crazy. And so he had to come home with, like, the large combo and yeah. not even go to the movies. Yeah. 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 He's a diesel mechanic as well. So he was always filthy daddy. Just rock up to the cinema. And I just have a large popcorn. I love it. I love it so so much. That's so good. Oh, God. I'm so nervous now. What is Julia's weird pregnancy craving going to be? I hope it's something niche and specific like the popcorn cinema. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hit Breakfast with Alan and Carly. Alan and Carly, the podcast. Hit Breakfast with Alan and Carly, and we are chatting to absolute music royalty. You know I'm from a little band called Midnight Oil. Talking Peter Garrett. And you can catch Peter Garrett and his band, The Alter Egos in Perth, March 23rd at the Regal Theatre. Also, his new solo record, The True North, is out March 15th and available to pre-order right now. For more, head to petergarrett.com. And he joins us now. Good morning. Good morning, Alan. Morning, Carly. Thank you very much. You're being way too kind there. <laughs> Actually, I think we're downplaying a lot of your career because what a career it has been so far. Now, I don't normally mention people's ages uh, on the show. <laughs> But I'm going to, Peter, because I was absolutely blown away and I need to get your skincare regime when Wikipedia, which I'm going to say this might be a misprint, is saying that you are 70 years old. No way. Carly, you're hurting me. (laughs) I'm bringing this up as a compliment. I I almost was ready to amend that. (laughs) Look, uh, it's a weird thing. And I mean, most, most of us, whatever stage we're at, but I think once we get past halfway, we go... Holy hell, it can't be going that far. That can't be the real number. <laughs> oh, wait. So Carly's uh, coming to compliment you. I was born in 1953 and it must be a typo. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was going to say, Carly came in to compliment you. Instead, she's just handed you a death sentence the way you're taking it. <laughs> no, because 
Peter, no. here's the thing. You are, it's so inspirational. You're still putting out new music. You're still touring. And you're, you've got more energy than I have at 36. It is really um, something that I'm incredibly grateful for. You know, seriously, it's pretty amazing to find that when we came out of the oils run, uh, it's, it's almost like the adrenaline, my adrenaline didn't turn off, which I'm very thankful for. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a real appetite just to continue to make music and there were songs there. And look, you know, you can go through periods, it sort of actually doesn't matter how old you are, you can go through periods in bands or as an artist where it's dry, you know, it's dry and it's dark and nothing's happening. Um, and then occasionally it gets light and the heavens open and songs start bouncing out of the sky. And you know from experience you need to catch that. That's precious. And you need to run with it. And I think that's probably what I'm doing. I'm really actually not thinking <clears throat> so much about, you know, the DOB, as it were, but <laughs> more just the opportunity to wring as much out of each day as I can. Oh, I, I love, love that. I love to hear that. One thing I love about you, Peter Garrett, and there's a lot to love, um, is quite often you'll see musicians, they'll make political statements and stuff, and that's great, obviously. But there's very few that go, you know what? Like, I'm talking about it. I'm gonna, I am gonna, want to do something about it. I'm just going to do politics. And you put your money where your mouth is, and I don't know, I just really, really admire that. I think it's an amazing quality for you. Well, look, I appreciate it, Alan. Thank you. Uh, look, it's not for everybody, and I certainly don't think that everybody who's in music and or even people that have you know got a bit of politics in their system or want to say something necessarily may do that as it happened uh i did uh i'm proud of the fact that i got an opportunity to serve i'm not going to get all sort of whimsical about it but it was an incredible experience and you know uphills and downhills no question and you lose skin but got a lot of very important things done and for me i really rate it as a very significant thing in my life. Uh, interestingly for me, it's uh, like I just don't feel that you can limit yourself to doing just one thing. And I suppose that's been a bit of a marker for me over the years, but I was yeah. lucky, you know. I had Rob and Jim in the oils that could crank out great songs and the band was always like supportive of that. It was something which we felt inside. We weren't going out to convince other people about it. It's just how we happen to feel mm. ourselves. And then I took that next step and, of course, I've been involved in conservation politics and a bunch of other things over the years. And in a way, I had to partly say to myself, well, look, I've done that. I'm lucky to still be alive. And how can I best use the time that I've got, you know, because it's not limitless for me. And I thought, you know, if there are little sparks of light going off for me and if there's an opportunity to make music again, I love the fact that music can work on a subliminal and an emotional level as well as a practical and like a words level. So I just had to grab the moment, and that's what's brought me here, and that's what's going to bring me to Perth. Now, uh, you did make some good points, and right at the start, you mentioned that not every artist should probably get into politics, so I'll let Crazy Frog know uh, that (laughs) (laughs) they're they're going to be absolutely (laughs) devastated because they're really, really passionate about uh, Swamp Land. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. uh, I I, I look at some rappers that will go unmentioned, and I can't imagine them being the Minister for Education. Um, Now, Peter, your new solo album is called The True North. You kind of touched on it there, and that is how much you've kind of used music to really, I guess, reflect on why we need to be treating uh, our beautiful country better. Uh, We broadcast to some beautiful parts right across Western Australia, uh, and that is the very inspiration behind your latest album, uh, The Environment, and particularly the -the off-the-beaten track parts of Australia. Was there anywhere that was inspired by WA? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I like to think of, I think we can almost separate or divide Australia in a way. It's a little simplistic, but just take the Tropic of Capricorn, mm. which runs about two thirds of the way up the country right across. And everything north of that, I mean, there's some great spots in the south of WA, don't get me wrong, and I'm lucky enough to have been to some of them. I mean, you know, Margaret River at all. It's, it's, it's an incredible coastline, actually, that you've got. But for me, uh, from run, Cape York running across uh, top of Queensland, running across to the South Alligator floodplain and Kakadu in the NT, mm. and then coming across to essentially Kimberley Coast yeah. and then down to Great Sandy Desert and then you know down sort of towards the middle of the country, Port Hedland, incredible parts of our country and the true north is partly about that that uh, area of australia which is more remote some some people listening probably been there some people maybe been up the coast and gone fishing or took their kids up caravanning or whatever it might be i'm lucky enough to have spent a great deal of time in different parts of it but i'm really mindful of the sort of pressures that are on it whether they're resource pressures uh development pressures uh foreign policy pressures, you know, when you think about Darwin and how close it is to Southeast Asia. And I just have this sense that in the next 50 to 100 years, the north of Australia is going to be incredibly important. Mm. And I would hate to see us make some of the mistakes that we actually have made in the south. I mean, you take a, a river system like the Murray-Darling, it's a river system in crisis constantly because it's over, it's just overdone, it's, mm. it's, it's polluted, it's like a big channel, it's really not a river at all anymore. Yes, it provides some important foodstuffs, but it needs much more care and attention. And it's very expensive to fix up something when you make a mistake with it. Yeah. And I see in the north of Australia the intersection between culture, especially strong indigenous culture, the pioneering spirit of people who've lived there and who've who, you know, got to handle the wet, as it were, over, over the Christmas period, um, and the beauty of a natural environment, which is just incredible. There's nothing like it, seriously, guys. There's nothing mm. like it in the world. And so that's part of the essence of, hey, this is ours. We need to really cherish it and take care of it that I wanted to come with this True North record. Absolutely. Pitch for your uh, next record after this, The False South. But really, it's just the True North again. You tricked them. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. There's an idea for you. You're onto something, mate. You're onto something. <laughs> Uh, we can't wait to see you in Perth, March 23rd at the Regal Theatre. And if anyone wants to get a copy of your album, they can pre-order it right now, petergarrett.com.au. Thank you so much for your time today. You've been very generous with it, and we appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Alan. Hey, thanks, Carly. Great to talk. Alan and Carly, the podcast. Alan versus AI. Now, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm currently beating AI three to two. Uh, we do weekly challenges. We've done all sorts of things from writing poems yep. to, uh, you know, giving you compliments, Carly. Now, I want you to beat AI because they are coming for our jobs. We yep. are seeing AI radio stations pop up all over the place. Yep. Uh, doing a phenomenal job. Not that yeah. I want to admit it. No. So there's a lot of pressure on this segment, Alan, to prove that humans still have a place in this world. You're spot on. So uh, let's quickly just say hello to AI. Hello. Hello, Alan and Carly. Hello. It's so good oh. to chat to a professional broadcaster. Also, Alan is here. Hi, loser. All uh, right. This... It's just now, the, it's look, the tone. Don't you poke know? the bear. We've seen the Terminator. So let's just leave that there, Alan. I just, every day, it's just so... Leave anyway, that there. You know, um, so today's challenge is we're heading to Broome. We're going to get there this afternoon. And, you know, like, we're there. Why not get amongst everything that's Broome? So I, I would thought, love to. We're going to both pitch you 
itineraries of what you could get up to this afternoon okay. the second you land in Broome at one o'clock this afternoon, Carly. Okay. All right, AI, I'm going to let you go first. After landing in Broome at 2 p.m., here's a perfect afternoon adventure itinerary for Carly. Start your Broome adventure with a quintessential experience, a camel ride along Cable Beach. Okay. I would love that. Then visit the oldest operating outdoor cinema in the world, Sun Pictures. Beautiful. Take a tour of this historic cinema, then immerse yourself in the history of Broome by visiting the Broome Historical Museum. After that, head to one of the beachfront bars or cafes along Cable Beach. Okay. Backtracking. This itinerary offers a perfect blend of adventure, culture, and relaxation, allowing Carly to make the most of her afternoon in Broome. Okay. I, I feel like there's a lot going on it's there. It's a lot. And you know lot. what? I don't, I don't mind it. Okay. Um, here's my pitch, because that's obviously AI. It's okay. you know, gone yep. through the internet. That sounds beautiful. It knows all about you, so that's what it's tried to pitch. Yep. My pitch is, after you get off your flight, you grab your bag, you check in, yep. and you have a big old nap. <laughs> Now, you know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, that th- that's good. I don't know options. how much napping I'll be doing where we're staying because it is where all the festivities are taking that's place. That's correct, but maybe the Sabo you can have one. But that's yeah. my pitch of I what you're going to do in Broome. I did bring my eye mask too. I bet you did. That's what's going to happen. So, who won? You want a technicality because we don't have a car to get around. So, so me? Yeah. Yes. Take that. AI. Yes. See you later, AI. Uh, I've done it again. There'll be a lot of napping this week. I don't doubt that. CAI. This oh, game sucks. You suck, Alan. Oh. I am going to publish your bank details online, loser. Oh, well, that's rude. Oh, that's rude. okay. That was the Alan and Carly podcast. This is it.